and welcome into the round table. Again, Bill Priestley here with you. And Werner Trucking, again, unfortunately caught in the headlines once again, with this time a discrimination lawsuit that did not go their way, filing $36 million judgment against them. We're going to talk about this and kind of the other aspects of going into disability cases and how we're going to deal with it with Matthew Leffler, armchair attorney, coming to us from Chicago, Illinois. Matt, thanks again for joining us. <clears throat> We've got a second case here. Obviously, the first case, the uh, a month ago or so, with a judgment of about $100 million here against Werner in a catastrophic accident uh, case. And we've, we've kind of uh, talked about that quite a bit already. But this is something different, a, a completely different barrel of apples, if you will, uh, in terms of a discrimination suit against a man uh, that, uh, or at least allegedly was against a man that uh, would not get a job, a trucking job with Werner because he was deaf. And this is interesting because we're going to have another court case I want to talk about in just a second. But looking at this, the judge in Nebraska, to file, or the, the, the court in Nebraska filing for the individual in this particular case. Yeah, let's, let's, let's break it down a little bit. So the EEOC, the Equal Opportunity Employment Commission, this is a commission that's out there trying to enforce uh, laws around discrimination. And this driver, Victor Robinson, was, uh, was born deaf. And he uh, was able to get a, a waiver from the FMCSA to allow him to operate a commercial vehicle uh, without being able to pass the hearing test. So driving a truck is one of the most dangerous jobs in the country. And the top 10 most dangerous jobs in the United States is driving a commercial vehicle. It is very challenging. And so when we're trying to qualify drivers, we have to do a lot of testing. And the testing requires you to be able to hear. And this driver uh, went through Werner Enterprises driver uh, training program and then sought employment with the motor carrier. And the motor carrier said, look, we cannot make an accommodation. We can't let you drive for us because you must be able to pass the hearing portion and communicate verbally. And he then, uh, with the EEOC's help, sued Werner and it went to trial. And the jury returned a verdict that he was, that Werner was liable for $75,000 in you know damages, as well as this $36 million in punishment damage, punitive damages. We'll talk a little bit more about those damages, but that's really the facts behind this case is a, a driver who is unable to hear has an exemption from the FMCSA. And the question is, should Werner be compelled? Should they be forced to modify their own internal processes to accommodate a driver who can't uh, you know, hear things when they're in the operating of a commercial vehicle? Well, this obviously, we're going to talk about this other case that happened just before, earlier this summer, where you had the EEO uh, come to another court case, same court, same defendant, and the court found in that case that there was no discrimination filed for and found for Werner in that particular case. What's the difference between these two? Oh, I love that you asked that question. This allows me to kind of talk about like schoolhouse rock when we break down different things. So the initial case you're talking about was Andrew Deutschel. He was a, a, also a deaf driver. Now, the really important things to distinguish here, one, he never produced the FMCSA exemption that he was allowed to operate a vehicle without being able to hear. That was very, it was conceded by both sides that they just did not timely bring that documentation. Number two, this driver actually didn't go through Werner's driver program. So this guy had already had a CDL. And again, like for about a decade now, you can get these exemptions from the hearing portion and operate a vehicle, but the employer can still kind of make that decision. Now we get into the schoolhouse rock part. So in the federal system, there are district courts, but there's the lowest courts. There's the circuit courts, which are the appellate courts. And then you have the Supreme Court, which is the highest court of the land. Um, the district courts, when they make a ruling, when there's a jury verdict, when there's a, a, something with the trial, that just binds that one court, that one case. It's the law of the case. That ruling 
does not impact, generally speaking, anything else. So you can get different outcomes because it's about the jury. The jury is going to look at these things and they're going to make their decisions and then you can appeal it. And if it goes to an appellate court, then that will bind all of the other uh, district courts underneath that major circuit court. And if that circuit court gets appealed to the Supreme Court, then it binds everybody. So you have this, uh, these local courts, these district courts can get different outcomes because that's just the nature of how our judiciary is set up. So let, let's break it down into this, this this first case that we talked about here uh, with with Victor in terms of what it is that he obviously he did his due diligence in terms of trying to get the the CDL and the exemption there as well and and this then brings up uh, an interesting larger question about dealing with disabilities in in obviously any industry or we're talking about trucking here as well and I don't want to to try and differentiate between one disability and another here so let me jump off course just a little bit. When I was talking with Dr. Mark Scott not too long ago about who has the ability or should 18-year-olds have the ability to get a CDL? And he was going through various scenarios. And one of the things that he mentioned is that at the University of Arkansas, where he's at, they were developing or at least had developed uh, a, a, like a cognitive and uh, emotional maturity test, uh, which could conceivably uh, d- determine if a person, if an 18-year-old, uh, was essentially mature enough to do that. Now, he also sentient, said that many drivers out on the roads would not be able to pass that test in the first place, even if they've driven That's for right. 60 years. So that being said, how do you start to differentiate? I mean, is it simply a matter of paperwork here in terms of getting the exemption, getting the CDL, and that what this uh, court ruling means, is certainly for, the, for that district, that if you do their due diligence, you're in. What I want people to think about with this case is the exemption from the FMCSA says you can actually drive a commercial vehicle legally interstate, driving between different states with this exemption. That exemption does not mean you're guaranteed a job. No one's going to guarantee you a job. And so the question becomes, does Werner, who has their own safety process, their own policies, they, they're they the ones that insure the driver. The FMCSA can say, yeah, you can legally drive, that's fine, but they're not going to be liable if something catastrophic happens. And I mentioned at the start of this uh, segment that this is the most dangerous job, one of the most dangerous jobs in the country. And it is something that is very litigious. And when you have the you know, losing senses, a motor carrier should have the ability to say, look, we can't make a reasonable accommodation at this time. Now, technology's changing. There's new sensors. There's new ways for drivers to be augmented by the technology. But the fundamental question is you can get an exemption and you can be proven that you can operate a vehicle. And even it, with Victor Robinson, he found jobs at other motor carriers. Other motor carriers said, yeah, I'll take you on. I, I will exe- I'll take that exemption. You can be a driver for us. But Werner has said, look, we just don't do that. We need to be at the highest levels of safety. And we require you to be able to hear. And just like in the country, you have to be able to speak and write English to be a, a commercial vehicle driver. You have to Matt, let me, let me stop you. Let me stop you there real quick, just a second. How do you, how can you make that determination if you're Werner and, and make it not look like it's discrimination just because there's a disability and that's, that disqualifies you? Well, so I think Werner was looking at that case that happened in 2018, where they won, where they said, look, we have decided that we're not going to allow this. What this case stands for the proposition, in my opinion, is if you can show that you're exempted, then you're basically guaranteed any job with a trucking company. You can't just say um, that now you have to change your processes to reflect that I got in this exemption. 
it is a very delicate line. And when we talk about discrimination, there has to be a reason behind it and the inability to make a reasonable accommodation. So if someone is, let's say they're paralyzed or they have other you know, disabilities, you can still probably operate a commercial vehicle. If you're blind, it makes it really challenging. If you're deaf, it makes it really challenging. And maybe the FMCSA can say you're individually okay to do this, but it doesn't mean that the employer has to allow you to do it. They can still control their destiny as it relates to safety. Now, in this case, they lost. And I think part of the reason why they lost is that the jury was only deliberating for two hours. And the jury knew that this driver went to Werner's school to become a CDL driver. And he passed that program. So there was a lot of other facts that were happening in this case that wasn't in the initial case. And it's very important for us to understand how those distinctions matter. But if you were going to tell people that if a deaf driver gets an exemption, they cannot be discriminated against when it comes to driving a commercial vehicle, I think that opens a lot of liability up for motor carriers because like that, that Werner case we talked about in Texas with the $100 million verdict, every plaintiff lawyer will be salivating for the opportunity to sue you if you have somebody who cannot hear certain things. I know it's kind of a slippery slope, but at the end of the day, the motor carrier is what's going to determine what level of risk they want to take on. And if the FMCSA says you can have an exemption for this individual thing, that should not mean that the motor carrier has to accommodate that because this is a very dangerous job. It is a very tough job. And Werner has been in business a long time and they know the risks that are in front of them. And I will mention before we get uh, too far down, that $36 million verdict from the, the punitive side, that will be brought down. The EEOC can only recover $300,000 of that. They cannot get the $36 million. But it's important for everyone to know that that is a substantial verdict given everything we've talked about so far. Real quick, you only got about 10 seconds left here. Is this then a blueprint for those people with disabilities in terms of how they want to try and get a job in the, in the industry? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think if you have an exemption and you start going after trucking companies to get jobs, this is going to be the exact roadmap you're going to follow. It's going after them in EEOC claims, and it is hard enough to do this business. This is making it substantially more difficult. Well, Matt, it's definitely going to be interesting to watch. Obviously, we would expect an appeal uh, from Warner there as well as this, but uh, who knows how far this is going to go down the line. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, as always. All right, we'll take a short break. We'll come back and wrap up this edition of Freight Waves now after this. <laughs> 